A podcast network. Completely changing the subject now, but I finally watched Lady Bird and cried and watched it again the next morning. I loved it so much, but uh, in that it's a kind of a autobiographical story about a, a high school senior in Sacramento in 2003 and just mostly focuses on the relationship with her mom, but it's like, it's a coming of age story and like her first time having sex and boyfriends and all this stuff. And it's so everyone who said great things about it was absolutely correct. So sweet and touching movie, but she calls herself lady bird. Uh, that's not, that's, I think her name's Christine. And, uh, she's like, uh, my name is lady bird. Like is, What's your given name? <laughs> she says, it is my given name. I gave it to myself. <laughs> and I love that. I love it. And uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> You're listening to Mormon and the Meth Head. <laughs> I like it. I like it. If you put a Mormon and a Meth Head together, this is what they sound like. So read our friends, listen to them talking to Mike. Like with all the ads that are being put on now, it's like so much before we actually start. It's like the, the, this thing plays and then the Starburns thing plays and then there's a little tiny thing and then there's uh, the song and then yeah. we get started. So we'll just move the song like yeah. 20 minutes into the episode. We'll move it into and then it'll just be an ad break. You're listening to Mormon and the Method. Ad song. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. I'd do it after the song though, but yeah, that's not bad. Right, let's just put an ad break right here. <laughs> Uh, uh, so, uh, you were just, uh, on Tim Dillon's thing again. Well, and doctor, you've been on a lot of podcasts lately. You, uh, um, did Dr. Drew, which was Dr. cool. Drew. If you want a strategy for dealing with codependency, I can't believe I didn't say this in the codependency attitude, but number one, get you a gay friend that will let you be completely codependent on his friendship. There's no worry about anybody falling in love, but you can just harass him. Uh, Tim was out of town so long. He moved to LA right during the breakup and it was perfect because he makes me laugh and he lets me talk about crazy stuff and he's, uh, doesn't like that many people. So he's pretty available when he's in town. And, um, (laughs) the other day i was so lonely that i was like when do you get back and he said today and i was like can i pick you up from the airport and i was like oh my god i'm the saddest person in the world i'm begging to pick people up from the airport you're begging to pick up tim dylan from the airport that's fun though he's so he's a live wire guy he's so fun i picked him up from lax which is a hellscape and i always fly out of burbank because i don't even look at the prices at lax usually because it's such a fucking nightmare and then you know i don't know how to get anywhere anyway and tim's not helpful in this he's not he's not a feet on the ground guy for me so i looped us around and i was like i think this is a shortcut (laughs) and i did (laughs) 
<laughs> you have to you have to sit in this traffic forever to get out of the airport and then i we were almost done but i was like this is a shortcut and it just looped us around to the beginning of the traffic to where the hospital is in the airport just trying to get through you know like you're waiting for everybody to to pull over and let people out and let people in and so we were almost done with it and then i was like oh here's a shortcut and i just looped us back to the beginning is this at burbank no this oh, is okay. lax i was gonna say burbank's thing is like yeah, 15 no. burbank, feet long that's why How i only you... fly out of burbank because getting out of lax is a nightmare but yes. i just i added 20 minutes to it and then i was like i think that we can just cut through this parking garage so then we went into the parking garage and we were like can we, will this exit to the street and she was like off of the fourth floor <laughs> and he was like she just told us to kill ourselves <laughs> and, then, and then we get up <laughs> we get up <laughs> and we're like can we exit off of this floor and he goes ramp down <laughs> we're like tight anyway we go through the whole thing uh and then we get back out and we're right back in the beginning of the traffic. <laughs> Aren't you glad that I came and picked you up? Uh, <sighs> yesterday, uh, Jessa went straight through a red light. <laughs> just straight through it. And I, not only was there a red light in front of her, but I was in the passenger seat saying, red light, red light, red light, red light. Red, and she just was like... I Red light, red light, red What is the point of the story? I just suddenly have Tourette's in the middle of the story that I've never had before. Red, red light, red, red light, red light. She just went straight fucking through it. And then and then afterward, I was like, what the hell? She goes, well, that was a really pointless <laughs> stoplight. Why is that there? And I was like, because it's an intersection, Jess. It's a one, like, there's only one thing. But then later, I stopped at the stupid fucking red light. Yeah, then- the same intersection <laughs> later that same day. Uh, and we were, I was like, hey, here's the red light you're going to want to stop at. She comes to a stop. And then uh, someone in a minivan with all the windows down just blows right <laughs> past us through the red light saying, what a pointless stoplight. <laughs> oh. So then I go and do Tim's podcast and... It's a Patreon episode. And I was like, I think I like Patreon episodes better because I've been getting, you know, loosey-goosey with information on our Patreon because it's like, well, I mean, a couple hundred people are going to hear it and they paid for it. They deserve this extra content. And I there's a story that I never tell on any of, on any of anything because there are people involved that I'm afraid will hear it. Are you not going to talk about it right now? I think I'll do it on our, our Patreon. Okay. All right. Uh, it's the story of somebody trying to kill me and, um, it's one of her best stories. It's very good. Should I just tell it now? Are you, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I thought you were I over used to being, be so, I thought you talked to, yeah, I was, so, well, you know, I, now Tim Dillon put it, he made like a, uh, somebody made like a sizzle reel of all of the things we talked about it and, was, and I was like wow what a cool public sizzle reel of all of the private things I shared uh because I was on a Patreon episode but you've shared this on other podcasts before I've ne- I don't think I've ever told this story I, I I thought I feel like in the years that I've known you that we've talked several times about I thought really you never told it 
I feel like I've never told it because I felt like the person would hear me telling the story. And I don't know why I ever was like. You told parts of the story and he reached out to you. No, I messaged him and was like, hey, do you remember this to see what he would say? And he said, I used to gloss over when I died. There was. I just say we'll call it a drug overdose because I don't know what it was, but there were some other. Someone was trying to kill me in meth. P. I say Ukrainians were trying to were trying to kill me, but I never tell the story. But um, because I I know the person still, like I'm Facebook friends with the person, and I I don't want him to think I would ever like retaliate or whatever. Like it's just a funny story. You were trying to kill me, ha 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 you know who, like, yeah, because it, it's a different code of ethics with the Eastern Europeans, you know, so it's a little bit different. And I had it coming. I didn't have it coming, but from his perspective, it looks like, okay. Just, you sound like you were in, like, a Taken movie. Yeah. Or something like, <laughs> like, yeah, they have a different code of ethics. We Things came to an understanding. on drugs. Here's what happened. I sometimes talk about how I had one relationship where I wasn't in love, but I was crazy, but I was pretty motivated by having a place to live. And also it was just like, I was a very hot guy, but he didn't, he didn't speak a lot of English. So I don't think we had like a connection of any sort, but I just, he was very hot and had a house and I was on drugs. And so we just had like a super short, toxic relationship and his brother was, uh actually liked me and one of like the one that i was with was very innocent i have to think that we're going to cut this out to tell the story well the one that i was actually with was very innocent and indoctrinated i just put that together and, <laughs> <laughs> and the brother was definitely like a criminal and was, was i was positive he had killed people like that wasn't even remotely surprising to and me is that I, the one who liked you or the innocent indoctrinated one the one that the innocent you? indoctrinated one like was my boyfriend because i'm a nightmare to deal with but i don't think he really liked me his brother the criminal was in love with me i believed that his brother the criminal was in love with me okay and so uh, he hated that I loved his brother, but it was just kind of this weird, weird triangle. Anyway, so I prefer men that don't want me. And so I'm like, I'm going to stick with your brother. Um, over the course of the next, I think this was only six months, but we are on a lot of drugs. And this is during the rave era still so it's like we go out to party and then it's the after hour scene and then the after after hour scene and this is before I've woken up so I'm a piece of shit like I am a piece of shit I'm a bully this is the first time I've ever been popular in my life and everyone loves me and I'm just such a piece of shit I remember girl like I was also like like um uh misogynistic what's that called um when women uh, internalized internalized misogyny yeah so i like only hung out with dudes and when women would come up to talk to me i would just be like do you have any do you have a tab which would be ecstasy and they would be like no and i was like oh you have to get me a tab if you want to talk to me because you're fucking up my high i was just such a piece of fucking garbage god damn it i remember one chick was like getting mouthy with me and i pushed her off the railing at a party i was i was a nightmare i was fucking awful it's kind of cool it's kind of cool no i was <laughs> listen 
if life is a video game, I've played so many characters and I was hilarious. Oh, I've told the story about me getting busted by the cops at the at the um, panorama. Right, right, okay. right. So this is that era where I hit well, you the have shards. Candy. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah and you're, okay. you were allowed to whatever because you because when yeah. people. So this give is that math. era. I'm just I'm I'm popular and awful and whatever. We and did so, a terrible job. No one knows what we're talking about. <laughs> like, yeah, we did the you know the era the shards and the thing. Yeah, I've told the story before about the cops busting me, but I had a heads up. Yes. Do you know who gave me the heads up? The guy who talked through our Portland show. Oh my god! Yeah, I was I tore into that dude, and then when we found out who he was, I was just like, "This fucking guy!" And you were, and you were like, "Well, here's the thing." <laughs> he did save me prison he, time. He has, yeah, like, yeah. We're gonna give we're gonna give this guy a, a heckling pass because he <laughs> saved me from prison. <laughs> uh, I was like, "All right, okay, fair enough." Instead of going to prison, I got to really piss off some police and look very cool in the process. Yeah, that's not a, a bad price to pay. So what happens is I meet this. Do you mind if I go get some socks? No, go ahead. Right. Oh, we just switch sweatshirts. And <laughs> girlfriend sweatshirt. You know how it goes. <laughs> All right. All right. I'm going to start this story at the top. Okay. Start okay. it at the top. This is about. This might be only months into doing meth. And this is during the after hours scene that I talked about where we go to raves or parties or whatever. And then we'd end up partying at someone's house. And I'm pretty new to meth. I think I'm, st I'm still doing comedy at this point. So I'm two or three months into, into meth. And we go to Sophie's Island, which is a nude beach on Portland. In Portland. There's a nude beach in Portland? Yeah, you don't want to go to it. But actually, it might be cool now. But it was pretty gross. I don't know. I've never seen a person in Portland that I really wanted to see naked. There's, yeah. Um, Sorry, did I just offend you? No, no. I thought you might have offended the people that you've seen naked in Portland. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it about them. I meant, I just meant. I just uh, I met the people that you see walking around, yeah. you know, the, those people. <laughs> All the sec I've you know, there's lots of uh well, <laughs> you know. You Sorry, you know who you are. Uh, you look fine naked. <laughs> Um, you've seen all the nakedness you wanted to see in yeah. Portland. How about that? Okay. So we all go to this after hours party and we're all have been at raves all night. So we're all wearing glittery eyeshadow and we're fully dressed in, in clothes from dancing. And now we're just baking, uh, coming off of ecstasy on this fucking beach and I can't drive home. So some dude drives home and this is like a click of... 30 or 40 people that all all roll in the scene and I'm relatively new to it and we get back to this person's house uh there's only five names Ukrainian names so we're gonna say John is is the the one that I go after and I stay the, at John's the indoctrinated house one the indoctrinated they're both indoctrinated but one but one the, turned yeah. out more like me and okay. then then I went for the other one and I think I fuck John that night. It's great, whatever. But then the next day, I'm just like not going to leave. I'm just uh, really like it here. Also can't find my car. 
and it takes a while for somebody to bring back my car. And these guys are so fun. And John's brother will call Alan. I'm going to forget these names immediately. I'll remember them. John and Alan. John and Alan. And Alan is funny and fun to be around. And John is just kind of quiet and shy. Extremely hot. Like fucking painfully like model hot. And I, whatever, I attach myself to this house somehow. Within, within a week, I live at this house, right? And I, but I sleep with Alan. I stay in Alan's room because John has a girlfriend. John has an extremely hot girlfriend who wears a Barbie backpack. I end up becoming someone who wears a Barbie backpack, ironically making fun of John's girlfriend, who I... <laughs> I steal John from. She comes over one day <laughs> and me and John have been doing ecstasy and fucking for 12 hours and she walks in and we're just both passed out naked and she's on the floor crying like, John, John, and then whatever. He's my boyfriend now. So I move from Alan's room to John's boy, uh, John's room. Jesus Christ. Yeah. A few, and she's so much hotter than me. Uh, a few, and, and great. Just a great person. I'm friends with her still. She's just great. And I what? stole another boyfriend from her later, but what? I felt bad about that one. Yeah. What? what? Wait, you don't feel bad about John? Do- um, no, I feel bad. I mean, yeah, I feel bad about both you of them. piece of shit. But I didn't feel bad about John as I was. And you doing stole it. her look, like you, you. Well, the Barbie backpack was always ironic, but it was like she was an an adorable, like I think she was a stripper or something. But she was like this adorable. Adorable strippers are the best. Yeah, she was just great. She was great, and I didn't oh. know her at all back then. So I was a piece of shit. I'm telling you, I was a piece of shit. Wow, I and know you told me that, but life, I wasn't ready. I had been fat, and nobody liked me, and now I was. You're hot and popular. I'm like I wasn't that hot, but I was popular, and uh, everybody liked me, and it got to my head. I was a, I was a, I was garbage for like nine months. I think because I was like grounded and cool when I was doing comedy and then during this era in this scene I couldn't believe how because these kids were all so popular and I couldn't believe you know I'm 22 21 and I'm so popular and I just never got to be popular no one ever fucking liked me and so I was garbage anyway you know I had this like I've been oppressed by people like her my whole life whatever bullshit so I felt justified awful when the set when her next boyfriend fell for me I was like no I can't do this to her again I'll fuck you but like we can't (laughs) (laughs) but it stops there garbage person okay so then I hope none of these people listen to the podcast so then over the course of, and this is where the evolution takes place where I, I just snort meth at this point, but I'm selling meth already. Like I start doing meth and I'm selling meth within a couple of weeks. So I'm already selling meth. Well, it practically sells itself. Right. And I have to have, I was really weird. I couldn't smoke a cigarette without a piece of gum and also a Mountain Dew. And Alan brings me. All right. That's the biggest piece of shit characteristic you've listed so far. Yeah, no, I was, I used to eat garbage. It's so weird, but Okay, so... So some people are like, I only smoke when I drink, and you're like, I only smoke when I'm chewing gum and doing the do. Yeah. Simultaneously. Well, I could I didn't like the taste of cigarettes, so it had to be a whole thing. So I was a crazy, immediately a crazy girlfriend, like, 
legitimately awful crazy girlfriend with John because he totally did not want to be my boyfriend and I absolutely just bulldozed my way into this relationship I guess you would call it I don't know we couldn't we didn't speak much of the same language (laughs) so it was it was copious amounts of drugs it was all of my relationship trauma because I'm not that far I'm like a year and a half out of my marriage and have just been fucked up I've been drunk or high every day. So it was just, it was just drug drama. Another person that I'm friends with. Anyway, so I am tweaking though, and I am still very full of shit. I'm still a compulsive liar. And so you can't ever really tell what I'm up to because I make up a lot of story or I co-opt a lot of stories and I am shuffling paperwork all the time. And I did up until this point work in a tax accounting office. So I have like power of attorney and stuff and I'm just like I have no idea what I'm doing I'm just high but I have all these papers all the time because I want to feel important that was like my tweak I I can't connect those dots because they're just it's just SPAC it's just ridiculous all right what is SPAC (laughs) uh that's just the inexplainable mess of tweakers you can't like the logic okay tweaker logic oh cool that's a good word I like that um you worked at an accountant's office at this time? My my stepdad's family was tax accountants. That's why I know so much about tax. Right, okay. So I had yeah, yeah, worked yeah. there leading up to that. And what, is, what do you mean you had the power of attorney? I had paperwork for power of attorney. I had a lot of paperwork. And then I was always just like filling out paperwork. Just, just like loose papers in your hands at, at like any time? Like a briefcase full of them? In your prom dress with a Barbie backpack? I'm this not is what prom I'm picturing. Dress yet. Prom dress is after I die. So that now I'm just wearing a Barbie backpack with like sneakers and cargo pants and stuff. All my clothes are like Doc Martens because my mom worked at Doc Martens. And God, I'm so pissed that I don't have pictures of any of these eras. This, oh my. so many iterations of Jessa. You're painting a nice picture though. That's good. Okay. I love every detail in this story. Okay. So this is fun. This is fun to go back. So some of this is embarrassing because I was awful. And... I think John a couple times was like, maybe I don't want a live-in girlfriend immediately, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I th- there was some, there was mad sexual chemistry here, right? But just so much drugs. And he had just quit his job and his life was starting to fall apart. And so, which was a perfect time for me to show up. And this is when that my car breaks down and I have somebody steal it and they put it in the parking garage. This is all around that era. So now I'm okay. driving their car. And the the Russians and the Ukrainians, I think, are concerned about my presence around here because I, I, I seem like someone who's trouble. I seem too street smart for the kind of, you know, I'm American, first of all, and I'm very street smart and I'm very, I could handle meth pretty quickly. So it was a little concerning how it just made me more cunning. And at some point, something happened. I have a personal assistant. I don't have time to like connect those dots either, but I have this kid that does all this stuff for me. And something happens where I, I send him to do something, and he gets beat up by this guy. I wish I could remember this guy's Maui. He gets beat up by this guy, Maui. <laughs> I'll use that real name. And he, uh, he comes back beaten on the same day. I'm, I should be uh, very ashamed of this. Did he, I beat him very, with a, did he beat him with a giant fish hook? He beat him, <laughs> he beat him bad. Like, dude, assistant should have been in the hospital. I wonder where this kid went. 
And so please, please tell me he's over eighteen. The more the more you say kid, the well, more I'm I get. Twenty two. He's twenty. 19 okay. maybe yeah all right just kid, just kid. just making nobody's sure under, nobody's under in the in the movie version though that we make of your life it's definitely going to be a foul mouth 14 year old yeah he was uh one of the pastor's kids from the church or something he was someone for, that i knew from new beginnings okay and um he gets beat up by maui he gets beat up by maui and when he shows up john is in the pro this is so awful but this is how i know 9-11 was an inside job he <laughs> he's sh- we really do people we've been talking about how we need to do video of the podcast <laughs> and uh i just don't you got, y'all should see my face uh okay so he he uh tj shows up i'm not good at the fake names like you are tj shows up a beaten bad like almost dead with this chick it's really easy. You think of their actual name and you say any other name but that one. <laughs> I know, but then I have you to can go just say back anything. You say anything them all. but There's that so one. There's so many fake names now. TJ shows up and I am in the process of breaking up with like John is breaking up with me. And when TJ shows up beaten, I go and I talk to TJ for a second and then I come back in and I tell John uh, I just protected you from Maui was coming after you and uh, TJ got beaten up trying to save you. And so then it was like too awkward for John to kick me out. Oh, you, so you bitch. awful. So awful. Um, I created a uh, fake enemy and then pretended to protect him from it. I think that... Uh, just. <laughs> just like just 9-11. Like, no, just, just like me and Anjali in the cafeteria. <laughs> better i was like this is i'm really showing what i how awful i am well i wasn't i wasn't driving anjali's car and living (laughs) in her house (laughs) this was yeah i mean this was like i this is the only time i think i was like this after this i was like oh i just have to prove my worth if i want to couch surf somebody's house but this was yeah i was just a piece of shit i was a piece of shit thank god i died (laughs) okay so so yeah. now John believes you're protecting him from Maui and he won't break up with you. Yeah, and I think what a Not shitty Not today. Not what today. a shitty thing to do. Yeah. I also don't know if he was breaking up with me. Actually looking back, like my thing of breaking up with people or creating drama cuz I think they're going to leave could have been what was happening. He might have been like fine. Who knows? Uh, the things that he believes about me now make me really sad because I did I did care about him a lot and like would have never actually, other than completely invade his boundaries, uh, I was very loyal to him as a person. And um, What does he believe about you now? He oh, believes you get, that I, yeah, okay. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead. And I only recently found this out and it made me really sad. Um, so, but I understand why. And I also understand why they thought I needed to die. So... I mean, so do I. I would have these experiences. There was one time where I came home on ecstasy back when John still had a girlfriend and I climbed in bed with Alan and then was like the ecstasy was making me do funny things. And it was like I was like twitching and laughing and like cuddly with Alan. And but he just like liked me so much that he was just like 
sitting there laughing at everything I did. Like he actually liked me. Like he actually thought I was great. And, you know, and his brother just didn't get it. You know, he was just like, I just need to kind of have a hot chick. You know, I don't need all of, (laughs) all of your complicated Jessa. Was Alan just not as hot? He wasn't. And, um, yeah, I don't know. We were far more compatible for sure. His brother was like pretty, and Alan was fine, but um, he, Alan was like like off working in a chop shop all day, and John was like in the club scene, like dancing, and he had like the you know this Eastern European look, and you know whatever. Um, so time goes by, and I don't know when it started, but I start to get very frail. I think I live in this house for like five or six months. And this is my first year doing meth and I'm doing so much ecstasy and ketamine and and GHB and stuff that I just, but I'm 22 and it was the most, I was frail like like an 80 year old. I remember my fingernails looked really fucking crazy and I remember just like, like everything shrinking in and just being very unhealthy. But I was like, this is drugs. You know, I'm on drugs. I'm not strung out on meth yet. Like we sleep every night. Like we're like partying. We're still eating well. We still have money, you know, but I am shriveling up and I just attribute it to drugs. Like, um, anyway, so if I, John makes out with somebody at a party that I leave. I'm full-blown codependent activated, and so I'm crazy, and it's, you know, I'm a, a nightmare, and I'm unhappy because I'm in a relationship, and so I'm, you know, usual shit. And I remember one time I walk out of a party, and I look up, and I see John is just fucking wasted, and he kisses this chick who's drop-dead gorgeous, also a friend of mine still, huge, amazing boobs, and I run upstairs Ooh. and try to kill her. And the next day I like lure her over so I can cut her hair off. And Jesus. she comes over and I end up becoming friends with her because that's been a pretty uh, consistent thing in my life. But just with clippers in your hands, just ready to go. And then you're yeah. like, you're not so bad. I'm like, oh, you're actually really sweet. And so we're still friends. How'd you try to kill her? I just ran up and tried to attack her and I got pulled back. Oh, and then okay. I remember John like, you know, was like, you're fucked up for this. So Alan spoke such bad English that I called him Balky. He, he spoke, you really couldn't tell. John just didn't for talk our, very for much. For our younger listeners. That is perfect strangers. And it's a show where a guy's from somewhere and he speaks very, it's like hilariously chopped English. And so then they also had another roommate who was a literal model, extremely hot, who had this girlfriend who called herself my best friend. And I was not nice to women. And she was just uh, not great anyway. But she was always just like, we're best friends. And I was like, ugh, I just felt like I was being hung on by these women. But I really <laughs> liked her. Her boyfriend and I were good friends. And they broke up at some point. And I, anyway, I end up leaving John. I end up leaving John because the relationship's just toxic and it's like embarrassing and I'm leaving every single after hours party. I'm jealous and insecure and I'm like, I just can't do this anymore. So I leave and I move into the next after hours house. Like this dude gives me a, a bedroom at his house and shit. And, but I still feel completely entitled to walk into John's house whenever I want. And so like two days later I walk in and I'm doing my laundry at his house without, I just don't even call or anything. God, I'm so funny. And in spill John and 
his best friend's girlfriend and they're like making out and they like spill in the door and this was like called herself my best friend like made me be friends with her and i was like oh i'm you're fucking dead bitch you're fucking dead and john yells at me and i grab my wet laundry and i leave and then i um i drive out in the car of the guy who's now letting me stay at his house and i get his fucking car towed god it was such a fucking shit show anyway there's so much to this story, but Cliff notes, this is when the ecstasy dealer, the biggest ecstasy dealer in Portland wants to be my boyfriend. And I'm like, uh, treating him like shit. The guy who would have given me free implants back then. Yeah. And I kind of orbit around this house a little bit. That girl, we'll call her Dawn. Cause her name is Dawn. I see her at the bar. And I'm like, get the fuck out of my face, bitch. And she kept trying to talk to me. So I just poured my drink in her face and it was bad. You know, it just wasn't a good scene. And then a few weeks passed and then I was over it. And I was like, okay, fine. That's fine. You guys are a fine couple who gives a shit. I've moved on. And I'm at an after hours party at their house. And uh, Don and John are already in a toxic relationship. It's been three weeks and they're already fighting. He's already like, I can't stand her or whatever. And he's bitching about her the whole time. And I end up stuck with her. Everyone else leaves and I end up stuck with her for hours. And this is the girl that I tell, um, nothing outside of you, good or bad can affect you. Like you, you're choosing to let this affect you. And I was like actually helping her in her relationship with John. But as I'm talking, I'm like, cause I'm a bitch at this point in my life. I'm awful. So I'm like, I don't, why am I saying, what does this mean? And then I'm thinking and I'm running all my life through it. And I'm like, that means that this, this experience is that and the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like waking up a little bit and I die that night. And when I die at the club, I get picked up by a Ukrainian cab driver. I don't get taken in an ambulance. I get scooped up by a Ukrainian cab driver. And I piss myself and I foam at the mouth, which sounds like a GHB overdose. I don't remember drinking GHB, but I drank it pretty freely back then. I get to the hospital, and when I wake up, the person picking me up is Alan, who wasn't at the club, and... He's there with the ecstasy boyfriend. And somehow I end up with Alan. Like the ecstasy boyfriend doesn't take me home. But when I woke up was the first time I could hear people thinking. And I could hear them competing in their head. I think ecstasy boyfriend had a dozen flowers or something. (gasps) And I don't know how I ended up with Alan. But Alan brings me back to, uh, to the house that I once lived in. Can I pause for a second? Yeah. I thought I remembered a part about you waking up and Alan talking to a doctor or something. I woke up and talked to the doctor. You woke and you yeah. and you said and like it's something I thought there was I a said, conversation oh, yeah, about how you died. That's an important part of the story. I wake up thought and I so. say, "How did what was the cause of death?" And she says drugs. Or I think I said, "What what was the cause of death?" Yeah, and she says, drug overdose. And I said, what drugs? And she said, I don't know. Your friends said you were on drugs. And because at the time, I'm like, nobody dies from meth, right? And I don't remember. GHB is just something I just recently was like, oh, maybe it was GHB. But I remember she was such a bitch about it. She was such a judgmental bitch about it that I remember I stole the paperwork and I... Added it to your Barbie backpack of files. Yeah. (laughs) 
And um, he brings me back to the house where we all once lived. And there is no Dawn. There is no John. There is no... Alan leaves me there. He just leaves. And there's no food. The cupboards are empty. And all that's there is this Russian bread that I used to love that I talked about. Maybe it was Ukrainian. I don't know. Some, some bread that they would get all the time. And like their mom made or something. And a big pitcher of Kool-Aid. That's it. Everything else is gone. And Red, red Kool-Aid? Cherry Kool-Aid? Yeah. Nice. And I drank the shit out of sugary drinks back then. And so um, ATB was playing on a loop on the CDs. I remember there was uh, Nietzsche. Am I pronouncing that wrong? Nietzsche, that's Nietzsche. right. Okay, because someone know. else was pronouncing it different the other day, and I always just assume I'm the one that's wrong. But, I don't um, know. I think that's how I... That spoke, spake, whatever, Zara. What's ATB? It's um, just a, a, a band? music from just, back then. Yeah. Okay. And I didn't know there was some other German philosopher that I was no. uh, <laughs> unfamiliar with. I'm going in and out of consciousness. I'm in this room, weirdly, that they had painted blue because it was fun to do drugs in a blue room. So they painted the room blue. That blue song was out and everybody loved uh-huh. it. Do you know that's still today? It's still a banger because it Ethan. It's Ethan's favorite song. Yeah. he loves. It's really he interesting that it was extremely the popular the, when I went to the Blue Ball of Light. But so anyway, it's just strange that I get taken immediately back to a blue room. Is the isn't the blue? Isn't this where you go to alien school? Yeah. So then I'm here for days. I remember it as like five days, but it's hard to say because I had no contact with the outside world. I didn't have a cell phone back then. And I didn't, I I would come out of this, I would wake up out of this fucking insane twilight sleep. This is where I learned about dispersion theory. This is where I like the aliens, like I connected with them. I was in this twilight sleep school. Flooding. Like you, I remember you talking about like the mirrors and uh, flooding you with uh, scary thoughts. Yeah, and stuff. that's in the next place that I moved to. Oh, okay. But All right. This but is just the beginning of this is where I find out that Earth is a school. This is like all this contact with the aliens. And I feel high. I feel high, but I haven't had meth in five days. So I should just be completely unconscious. And I'm, I'm like, m- like major enlightenment shit happening. And when Alan finally comes back, I used to have a pic. I fucking hate that I lost all my pictures because I took a picture of him. Like that day? That day. Yeah, we all had cameras sitting around all the time. So, so for somehow I had a picture of him with this cigar box in his lap. And he comes in and sits down and I'm like, I met God. Because these guys, all came, they were all part of this big Christian church right down the street from my Christian church. They all moved to Portland because there, the multiple men in their church had a prophecy that uh, they needed to be in Portland for the end times. And then they moved there, and all of their sons became criminals and drug addicted. When yeah. in the end times, you yeah. know? So, uh, but they were in the same boat as me, like believe themselves to be backslidden Christians. And he comes in, and I'm like, I met God. And I was telling him that as he was taking me through the jack-in-the-box drive through on the way back to this house. I was like, I met God. And he was like, shut the fuck up with this shit. And I was like, I understand light and vibration now. I know what this means. It's God. And anyway, now I'm way worse. And I'm talking and talking and talking and talking. <laughs> and he's, he's laughing in a way that I felt like, I don't know, I felt so protected by the fact that he was what I, I believed him to be in love with me that... Um, he then says very Balky-ish, 
you go, they tell you go to the house and the body will just be shaking on the floor. Because he pulls out the gun and is waving it around a couple times. All right. Explain that there's a gun in the cigar yeah. box. Oh, I didn't say that. No. He has a cigar box on his lap. He has a cigar box on his lap and there's a gun in it. This is, none of this is weird to me. None of this is shocking. Because he loves you. He, in your mind. In he your works mind, at a child. For not for a fucking second am I thinking this is for me. I feel completely safe. And I think I, he loves me. He definitely loved me. And I think he thought I was doing something far more. Okay. I'm fucking the story up. Okay. Just get, yeah. So he's got the cigar box. I talk for like, f I don't know, 40 straight minutes about, I, I picked up this Nietzsche book and I understand this. I've never been smart before. Now I'm smart. I understand all these things and it's about love and we're all one and blah, blah, blah. My personality completely changes in one day. I am not a bitch. I'm not, I'm, I'm immediately nice. And now what's he talking about? He just says, I feel, I think he's telling me about his day at work. Right. Cause then he's like, they tell you to come shoot the body and the body will be like uh, 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 on the floor and you just have to shoot the body. And then you get there and the body's like, blah, 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 blah. I doesn't for a second do I'm like, Oh, I'm the blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Nietzsche light. <laughs> So he gets frustrated and is like, where can I drop you off? And he drops me off. And he is like despondent. And it's despondent is the right word. He's beside himself. He is fucking upset. Okay, that's not despondent. Okay. Um, I hear a word. I want to use it. And <laughs> we are in the same scene a little bit. He moves out of that house. Everything changes pretty rapidly after that. John moves with the girl to like, she lives further out. And they live like far. They leave the scene. She gets pregnant, I think. With Dawn? With John, yeah. John, yes. And you said um, the girl, and I'm just making sure. Oh, Dawn, yeah. She gets, yeah. And I shouldn't have said her name, but who cares? Um, he. We're not releasing this anyway. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. So then he moves to a different house. And when I overdosed the time that I took a bunch of pills and then woke up three days later and I was pit, like trying to kill myself after the awakening. I locked myself in a mental institution, but like he took care of me the entire time I was overdosed. John and, did? Mm -hmm, no, Alan. Uh, Alan at his new house. And I, I would just show up and fuck him. Cause we did end up like hooking up for a while at one point. And I remember the first time we fucked afterwards, he said, are you mine? And I was like, no, Oh, I know it's fucking awful. But, you know, he had been trying to kill me for a long time, which I found out. <laughs> That's the twist at the end. This a year later. Way to bury the lead. I hadn't seen him in a really long time, and he came and tracked me down and was like, I need to, I need to talk to you. And he took me out, and he said, are you a witch? And I said, what? And he was like, the, the people of the Ukrainian church, they think you're a witch. And I said, why? And he said, because I've been putting poison in your Mountain Dew for months and you should have been dead. And then I thought you died. Now, this is all like I had to make him go back and repeat stuff because it's Balky. So I was like, well, wait a second. Because at this point, I've now been doing math for like two and a half years. And I'm not frail anymore. I like, ha you know, I'm not a small person. But I felt tiny when I was living in that <gasps> house. And my fingernails, I remember my fingernails were nasty looking. Oh, my God. And so I made him go back and repeat things over and over again. And he said, I thought you were trying to hurt my brother. Like, I thought you were, you were, and I was like, no, I was just a fucking, like, I'm just, 
a crazy girlfriend, you know? And, uh, he said that he had been poisoning me, putting it in my Mountain Dew, which he always brought me Mountain Dew, which was, I thought he was, cause he was in love with me. They were always fucking open. And I, ne- I was just always like, what a weirdo. He takes a drink of my Mountain Dew. Um, and that he had been poisoning me for a long time that I got a big dose that night when I was at his house counseling. That, that was the first time I'd come and hung out at their house. And he, I got a big dose that night. And then he got the call that I was at the hospital and then brought me back. I don't know how he talked ecstasy boyfriend because ecstasy boyfriend was very codependent. I don't know how they, that, that went down. But then all that Kool-Aid <gasps> was laced as fuck. And I drank so much of it. He said, and you for were supposed days. to be dead for days. He said, you were supposed to be like dead. They said your, your body might still be twitching. And then I get there and you like, it made you smart. <laughs> you fool. And you only made her stronger. And then you tried to kill yourself at my house and came back again days later. What? Days later? Yeah. Yeah. Like I took a, a fuck ton of, I think it was Klonopin. And then I woke up two or three days later at his house and was like, God damn it. And put myself in a mental hospital. It was days? It was days. Days. Days went by. You sure? Days. I mean, I'm not saying I was dead for days. I'm saying like I was just, I just went to sleep for days, which I guess isn't crazy if you're a meth addict. And then, yeah, that's But it crazy. didn't kill me. I remember the story that you said you tried to hang yourself on the bathroom yeah, doorknob were and attempts. then you woke up on your bed or something like yeah, that, right? Is that the same? Attempts. Is that Alan's house? No. Okay. That, But that's, no. But that's the same period of time. Yeah. Okay. Something led to me trying to kill myself at, at Alan's house. But these are all like within a few weeks of each other. Those things. They're like six months after I wake up, I think. So um, he tells me this story and then we're like, I'm like, I understand because it did look like I was doing something way worse than I was doing. But I promise you I wasn't doing anything like that. I wasn't. So only recently did I find out that somehow John got picked up by the feds. The least criminal of all of us gets picked up by the feds and goes to prison. And only recently did I find out that to this day, he believes that I did that. And I saw him later. And I was like on a night. I was I was so obnoxious after 9-11. Nobody said it was an inside job back then. I was like, it's an inside job. And like, so I was wait, like, wait, go back. How did you know when you said why did you know it was an inside job? You said oh, earlier created a false adversary and then pretended to protect you from it. Uh, okay. And you were like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I've seen I, this. If, movie I've, if I've thought of this, surely yeah. Dick Cheney has. So it's, you know, it's similar to let your tweaker girlfriend uh, live in your house. It was like, let us take your rights. Yeah. Yeah. Let us bug all your stuff. So I wanted to tell this story because it's a great story. I haven't never put it together to make it funny on stage or anything because I'm friends with Alan and we never talk about it. And I'm positive that if I ask him, he's going to deny it. Um, there was a point with where he came back around with Tyler and Tyler was always trying to verify stories from my tweaker. Cause by the time I became a tweaker, my life was so nuts that after a year in, I stopped making shit up because my actual life was nuts. But I remember when, Tyler met um, Alan rich ecstasy oh, boyfriend. Okay. He was like, did you seriously offer to get her an entire mouth of dental implants? And she turned it down and he was like, yes. 
she is obstinate. It wouldn't have cost my parents anything because they were uh, dentists and they were just going to do it for her. And then I needed a car part or something. And Alan was working in that business and he came over and fixed Tyler's car. And, um, uh, Tyler was like, did you really try to kill her? And he was like, yeah, she doesn't die. Don't try to kill her. She's a witch. But then we became friends in our regular life. He's got a family, like everything's fine. And I just like, I, there's no safe way to be like, do you mind if I tell this story? I'll never tell anyone who it is. It's just a fucking great story because it's super incriminating and there is no, you know. And so I tried to feel him out once and just was like, do you remember the circumstances around my death? And he said, oh, all I remember is that my girlfriend had just been murdered and the cops were really crazy about it and I just thought oh no not again and I was like <laughs> okay wait a minute that uh, up until this I was just about to say I don't think you really said anything that incriminate like there's like you know but are you implying he killed his girlfriend I don't know <laughs> <laughs> what okay his girlfriend had been murdered yeah. Who, you never even mentioned Alan's it girlfriend. It was b- right before I came around. Okay. And he was just like, not another yeah. dead girlfriend. He was like, all I remember is you trying to kill yourself at my house. And I just thought, not not again. Oh, and he's referring to the Klonopin yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So, so he totally he doesn't sidestep that. It's pretty slick. It is pretty slick, dude. And I like him and I get it. Like, I get it. It looked like I was trying to get power of attorney over his brother's effect. Like, it, it, lo- it was crazy shit. I was doing crazy shit. And I think Alan had street smarts and could feel when I was full of shit, you know. And his brother was just, like, innocent and dumb, you know. So he just, I got it. And then especially if, the, I don't think, I don't think Alan for a second believes that I, I don't like cops. I would not fucking... I'm not even on my worst enemy. I wouldn't like cooperate with the cops. I bet that was the girlfriend that he left for. But, um, but John still thinks that you. John still thinks that was gave him up. Really sad. But, um, uh, yeah. So that's. I feel like that's. I told it way long. But that's the. uh, Dude, I'm glad you told it way long. That's good though. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna tell my story though. I don't know. I don't think I can follow follow that up. That's uh Damn. Yeah, I've been really worried about, I don't know. Like I feel like I don't want to tell it without I don't permission? know. Permission? Like permit like I want him to know that I would never, you know, like he would never get in trouble but then also part of me wants to be like can you just confirm for me that we did have that conversation and that you know that this isn't dude it's i mean i love it i love i i think it's an an insane story but then it's also it it gives a whole new context to alien school yeah (laughs) my brain damage (laughs) right like in in and i think i think it well, it's interesting because you could you could t- you could look at it and be like, oh, well, you know, well, this explains the psychosis, right? right? But does it? Isn't it like a little bit more supernatural now? Yeah. Like that this that uh, you really were supposed to be dead, and you're drinking the Kool Aid, you're drinking the Jim Jones Jungle Juice, and you are just 
uh, learning about vibrations yeah. and stuff and, 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 and dispersion theory and stuff. And uh, it's, uh, it makes the story so much better, I think. Yeah, I want. I've to... known the story for a long time. I've wanted other people to know the story too. Well, one time I did a. Fi- Remember, I used to be super paranoid about talking about multiple things on the podcast. Yeah, news was slowly broken you down. Yeah, over slowly time, slowly gotten me to talk. Now I feel like anybody who was afraid I was going to tell their story has gotten bored with the podcast because they've had to listen to me like <laughs> just like cry about codependency. But one time I was on a podcast, and I think he's just being a supportive, great friend. One time I was on a podcast that was on Facebook Live. This is what I was talking about. Okay. I was on Facebook Live. This is before Meth Piss. So I'm just like, I have, you know, 200 fucking followers. I'm nobody. And this is a, a, a small Philly podcast. But it's on Facebook Live. And I'm telling the near-death experience story. And somebody says, how did, you, how did you die? And I always say, we'll just say it was drugs. And as soon as I say, we'll just say it was drugs, here comes Alan in the facebook feed in the comments on the the live video he's watching live video yeah and says you're doing a great job (gasps) and so for a long time i was like oscillated between i'm I'm not afraid they're going to kill me i think they know that that's not going to work right but yeah we've tried we've tried and failed i mostly just and especially now with the context that his brother thinks i did i i don't like the fucking police there's you're and I, I cared for his brother. I was crazy. I understood that I was crazy. And I just am very loyal if I, like, I wouldn't say I loved him, but, like, I, like, care, like, I just, it wouldn't matter if you were my worst enemy. I I don't like anyone less than the fucking the justice system. Yeah. So I just wouldn't. I never, ever, 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 ever have cooperated with the police ever. So, uh, but I never would have set him up or something like that breaks my heart that he thinks that. And, uh, it just is what it is, I guess. And I only want to tell the story cause it's a huge part of my story. It does add a lot to the awakening thing. But then also I always felt like it, it sounds like it's bullshit. And then I would tell the story to people who've ever fucked with Eastern Europeans. And they were like, no, that doesn't even in the slightest sound like bullshit. You <laughs> cannot, you did what to some fucking Ukrainians. Are you insane? Oh my god! Uh, I never thought it sounded like bullshit. I think it makes I don't makes sense to me, dude. Uh, shit! <laughs> I just love how arrogant I was that I was like, he doesn't, he wouldn't try to kill me. Yeah, that's funny that you're just like he loves me. He gives me Mountain Dew. He loves me so much. He gives me ma- he takes a drink out of my Mountain Dew just to be close to me. <laughs> the energy between us, it felt like he loved me and hated that he loved me. Like he loved me for who I really was and hated it at the same time. So and it made like I, I, I love how beautiful the story is looking back. I hate it when people don't hear the nuance of it. But I love how beautiful it is that like here's this person that actually loves me for who I am and I treat him like shit. Well, I don't think you told that story. You're like, I hate it when people don't hear the nuance in this no, story. No, I, w- I was telling poisoned. the story on Tim's podcast, and I was like, well, we're friends. And he was like, why Why are you friends? I'm like, because I get it. I get it. He thought he was protect- Like, he thought I was doing something really bad, and it probably hurt to have to take me out, you know? Because there was the vibe 
There Maybe was a, a vibe of relief. You still sound arrogant, though. You still sound like, I bet it really hurt him to have yeah. to murder this annoying, mouthy bitch who was always in his house leeching off of him. Yeah. No offense. Yeah. <laughs> but, no. You, but in your mind, you're like, I bet it was really difficult for him to poison me for months. <laughs> I bet he was really sad the day he brought a gun <laughs> to the Jack in the Box drive through <laughs> Yeah, maybe he I shouldn't gonna, date. He was, <laughs> I think he was poetically going to dump my body at the nude beach where we first met. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess when you say it like that. <laughs> That's so crazy. I feel crazy. Can I say that? I don't know if this is going to be this week's episode. This should be this week's episode. But I sound... This I feel... Yeah. We've recorded, okay, we've recorded a bunch of episodes and I feel like an insane person because I feel like I'm in this, I don't know who I am phase and I just, everything I say, I'm like, is that, the oddly enough, the only time I feel secure is when I'm talking about 5D stuff because then I'm like, well, at least huh. this is two feet on one square, but I don't know if I'm just not used to being vulnerable, but I just, I feel weird and nuts and i just wanted that stated on mm. every single episode that we record on this trip uh. it feels temporary i feel like i will like solidify at some point but i feel very fluid right now uh well i had sex with a crazy person <laughs> 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 just tell i'll tell the story anyway um i she she seemed a little off, but like her her boobs were humongous, and she really <laughs> wanted to have sex with me, and I was like, "All right, sure, you know, whatever." And uh, sex wasn't bad; it was uh, it was uh, good, even you know, it was yeah. it was it was okay, uh, but. Uh, they were, they were, it's just, they were like little, there was, I don't know, there were weird things, but like I, I was uh, a little, probably a little buzzed, a little, definitely I was high and, you know, easy to overlook th uh, things when there are, are just gorgeous boobs involved, right? But like, yeah. you know, she let, like, uh, I don't know, she let her dog watch us, which I never, <laughs> I never really like. I don't really like uh, dogs being involved in sex. <laughs> Call me old fashioned. Uh, I just I've never really enjoyed it. I just feel like can't you just can we just shut the door? <laughs> um, but uh, it's really it's really weird. It's really weird if you if you if you refer to that dog as like your baby or your child or something. <laughs> then it's like oh my god. Uh, but what's even weirder is that the dog bit me when I came in there. <laughs> And, I, and it, like like it's it's a not it's a big dog it's a big dog and but I'm a big guy and a lot of dogs I think are are scared around me because I'm I'm a large man they just it takes them a while to warm up to me and I'm like I'm used to that and I try to like go easy like I try to ease into the to the dogs and just let them let them know <laughs> I remember I still think about. Uh, uh, <laughs> going to mary wilson's house and lying down on my back so the dog wouldn't feel threatened by me <laughs> just lying down uh, uh on the ground and 
and her mom marveling at my my dog intuition. She's like, look at that. Oh, he's making he's making Max feel comfortable. Or I'm trying to make this dog feel comfortable and just let it sniff. So you start fucking its owner? <laughs> so that I can. Oh. I'm like, I'm just, hey, you know, be cool. Right? <laughs> I'm just trying to, trying to fuck your mom. Okay. <laughs> uh, and the dog bites my hand as I'm letting it just sniff it. It bites my hand. And I'm like, oh, shit. And uh, and then I, I'm, I'm like really nervous around the dog now. Like, okay, maybe you're, you're more scared than I thought you were. And she's like, wow, you're really uncomfortable around dogs, aren't you? You bitch just bit me. What the? F- <laughs> what do you mean? I'm uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable around uh, sharp jaws that <laughs> snap my fingers off. Yeah. Sorry that I'm not cooler with this. <laughs> Whatever. Um, and uh, uh, we we have sex and it's good. We have sex again in the morning. Then uh, I leave. Right and. Uh, I text her one time afterwards to be like, hey, you want to do this again, right? And she said something weird that I was like, I really shouldn't pursue this at all. And I just left her on red. I was like, "Ah, I'm not going to do anything. And then, uh, uh, oh, yeah, she said said I I was fucking somebody exclusively uh, for a minute, but now he's just being really elusive. So... uh, uh, I, I, I guess I'm, I guess I'm free to fuck you. And I was like, I don't want to get involved in this. Yeah. Like, I don't know what this means. Uh, also like we had sex a week ago. What do you, in, in, in that time you started fucking someone exclusively <laughs> and he's already ghosting you. Like he's being elusive now. Let's just see. Uh, like, I, I it's just, whatever. This is too much. Whatever. Um, and then she, calls me one day just calls me and was like uh hey are you free tonight do you, i'm gonna uh i'm gonna be in your neighborhood do you want to have sex and i was like yeah okay listen i'm sorry i didn't reply to your text it was just kind of you kind of threw me off and she was like yes i know i i regretted sending that text it didn't make sense i worded it poorly i wish i had like it i under totally understand that definitely seemed weird i get it but like uh no, like I thought that I had this thing with this guy, but it's just I, I don't you know it's whatever. Uh, and uh, you know, do you want to have sex tonight? And I was like, I'm going to a concert tonight. Uh, you know, but like I'm free right now. Do you want to? It's like the afternoon. I'm like, do you want to? Just are you free right now? Do you want to come over and have a afternoon delight? And she's like, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, sure. And I'm like, all right, well, this is great. Uh, I'm going to need some time to, like, clean up my room and stuff. And she's like, you don't have to clean up anything. And I was like, well, I want to. I want to clean up some stuff. So I'm going to clean up. Just come at 3 p.m. I'll be ready at 3 p.m. And then, like, at at 3.05, I'm like, hey, just let me know when you get here. I'll come down and get you. And then at, like, 3.30, I'm like, uh, are you is everything Okay. And then at 3.45, she's like, I'm almost there. And then uh, at like uh, uh, 4.30, I'm like... uh, (laughs) 4.30? An hour Uh, and a half? No, it couldn't have been like... I felt like she ended up being two hours late, but maybe I'm remembering it wrong. But eventually I was like, okay, listen, something happened, obviously. 
it's not going to work. We don't have enough time now. Cause I told, I told her, I was like, I'm, I have to, you have to be gone by this time because I have to get ready and leave for a concert at this time. Like I was like, there was a, we are like, there's a definite hard ending for this. And, uh, we, uh, like I finally text her like at that hard ending, which I thought was five o'clock. I thought she didn't show up till five, but uh, I, c- I could be remembering it wrong. And I was like, okay, well, we'll try next time. And she's like, hey, I'm just a mile away. And I was like, cool, I got to go to this concert. And then she calls me up on the phone and was like, you're really not going to let me come over? And I was like, I told you I had to go to this thing. She's like, please, I came all this way. I'm, I'm just a mile away. Please, can I come? Can I just, can I just, and I was like, no, we can't have sex. And she's like, well, can I just, can I just apologize to you in person? And I was like, sure. Yeah, you can apologize to me in person. Why not? Uh, and then uh, she she gets there, and I meet her out in the courtyard uh, of my apartment, right? And then she, uh, I was like, it's a nice courtyard, and there's like benches and stuff, and like we'll just sit down here. She's like, I can't come inside, and I was like, no, let's just we'll just talk out here. Like I only have a few minutes, you know? Yeah. And she was like, please, I wanna I wanna come inside, uh, and I was like, why? And she was like, I just. I I just want to see your things. (laughs) Holy shit. And I said, no, I don't. She's like, no, it's not. It's just like, it helps me get to know someone like to see their thing. Like, it's just like, it's not weird. It's just like, I want to know, like, I just want to know more about you. And I was like, I don't want you to know anything about it. <laughs> I purposely went and took and sat her at the benches far away from my apartment. Like <laughs> the court, the court, like there's lots of apartments. I want, I was just like, I don't even want her to have an inkling of what side of the building I live on. And we just have this awkward talk where like, I, and I, it was like one of these good moments where I'm like, I'm developing some self-respect, right? you know? And I like force her uh, to apologize on some stuff. And, uh, like I wouldn't take, she kept, she said like, oh, I'm, she said, I'm sorry that I was bad at, com- that I didn't communicate this. She was like, she explained why she was late. She's like, I'm sorry that I didn't communicate it better. And I said, no, you lied. You said I'm almost there like an hour ago. And th- so you were never almost there. So like you could have, you had an opportunity. Yeah, you could have, co- that's a shitty way to put it, communicate it better. Like you yeah. lied. And I was like really proud. I was like, and she was like, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. And I was like, look at me, man. Like this is great. And that, but then she was still trying to get in the house. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, we're not, not, there's no need for it. And she was like, why? She started doing this pouty thing that I really didn't like. And she was like, uh, why? I came all this way. And I was like, you you wanted to come this way. You chose you chose to come here. Uh, like, don't try to make me feel guilty. You fucked this up. Like, I, you know, and you're making it way weird right now. And uh, that's that's still not the, the part of the <laughs> I want to see your things. Ooh, shiver. Oh, shiver. Um, but what? Fi- Listen, what? Fi- she would have moved into your house. <laughs> what? Finally, gotten her assistant beat up. We're sitting on this bench, and she notices a flower, and I'm so ready to be done with this conversation. I'm so excited to talk about anything else. I'm like, yeah, let's go take a closer look at the flower. I immediately jump up and I start walking across the court. You're right. It is a beautiful flower. Come, let's talk about the flower instead of my possessions. 
why are you casing my apartment? <laughs> like, I didn't, like, you know, like, I'm. she knows that I'm about to be gone for the evening. Yeah. Like, I don't like this at all. I'm like, this is so strange. This is how you get robbed. Uh, and this is how you get a roommate. This yeah. is absolutely. And uh, so I'm, my back is to her at this point. I'm looking at the flower. Wait, like, I, if, whatever. And then I hear her behind me say, this is a perfect impression. This is spot on. Oh, you look like a doctor. And so the image that I have in my mind is that there is a, a child, that there's a three-year-old child in a lab coat that's walking through the courtyard that she is talking to in that patronizing baby voice. Imagine my surprise when I turn when I turn my head and I see walking away a grown ass woman. <laughs> a nurse in scrubs who just got off work. Like she just got off work, is still in scrubs, and is trying to just make her way unmolested to her own house. And a stranger, a stranger with the biggest tits you've ever seen, <laughs> says, oh, you look like a doctor. No, hello. <laughs> no, excuse, nothing. Just, oh, you look like a doctor. And the woman does not respond. She just walks straight <laughs> to her house. Maybe picks up the sp- her speed a little bit. Just, <laughs> and I am so embarrassed. This is my neighbor. This yeah. is my neighbor. And she comes over to look at the flower. And she's like talking about how beautiful the flower is. And I'm like, did you just <laughs> say <laughs> to that woman, oh, you look like a doctor? And she was like, yeah, she did. <laughs> And I was like, what? And she was like, was that, what? That's not weird. Is that weird? That's not weird. And uh, I was like, it's it's weird. It is. <laughs> you didn't, you don't know her. And you. I didn't have words. I was just like, you don't, you don't get it? What? Uh, and so then I walked her, I walked her to her car and, uh, she just kept being pouty and sad, and, and I just like, yeah, you know, there'll be another time. There'll be other. We'll we'll get it. We'll get it next time. There's no next. There's no next time. There's not gonna be. A, there's not gonna be a next time. Oh, holy shit! And you know how like you ever watch uh, like the ends of sitcoms, and they have like the production company is at the end of the credits. Yeah. And there's some weird little stinger that they have, and you wonder how did they pick. Uh, Ron Swanson saying Fremulon. Like, how yeah. did they? How did they settle on that? Uh, I I want like our production company, like the end credits, everything. <laughs> just be like, you look like a doctor. <laughs> uh, anyway, my Mountain Dew's been tasting funny ever since. Then. <laughs> uh, all right, that's that's it for today, you guys. So uh, I feel that was a pretty good episode. Yeah, that we'll never release. Uh, <laughs> All right.
<laughs> Send us oh. out. You all, you oh, never yeah. say listen. I won't, right. yeah. listen. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Uh-huh. If you want to read and go to jessery.com, be sure to mention this podcast so Aaron gets some money. Hell yeah. And Hell yeah. Follow, follow us. Aaron's Space Museum with a Z on Instagram. Please follow our Mormon and the Meth Head Instagram page. Telestial Tweakers. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, Jessa Reed Comedy on Instagram and Twitter. Just a reminder that you're missing a lot of good shit on Patreon because you're too fucking cheap to just give us $5. There's way more of this good shit. There's way so more many of this good excellent shit. episodes where we tell way more secrets. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, but we love you guys. We just got a message today from someone who's like, hey, you changed my life. And it's like, you know, it's, I've never felt like this before and I feel so much better and I'm fixing all these things and these anxiety spirals that used to uh, torture me my whole life. I'm finally starting to figure out and pull stuff out of like pull myself out of these anxiety spirals because of stuff that you guys talked about. And that honestly makes us feel great. It makes us feel wonderful. And uh, we love it. We love you guys. Thanks for listening to our, our dumb stories and us crying about our feelings and all kinds of stuff. And uh, hopefully we see you at some shows and we come to your neighborhood soon and we can all hang out in person and go to some after hours parties or something. <laughs> but we'll catch you guys next time on Mormon and the Meth Head. There's a new Mission Impossible. If you put a Mormon and a Meth Together, this is what they sound like. Aaron, Wood, all and just a read our friends. Listen to them talking to Mike. Stop it, a podcast network.